This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, Adam. Hey, Lori. How are you? It's Friday. It's Friday. It is Friday. I got got my casual Friday on. Or or generic day and generic uh, time of the day. Depending depending on when you're listening. Well, whatever generic day. I'm generic day casual right now. (laughs) I got on my Star Wars t-shirt. I'm about my Star Wars tickets today. Ooh, are you? Yeah. We're going to go see that at Christmas. Right. So, uh, but you got to get your tickets now. Don't get yeah. Them. No, we've already got them. You've already we've got already them. Purchased them. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. You're ahead. Of, you're ahead of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. We. You know. We. My family. Whole family. Big sci-fi family. So mm. they're into it. But we do a thing at Christmas. Like Christmas Day, we always go to the movies. Oh. Like everybody is just done. You know. Yeah. We do We're that. We do that as well. All the stress, and it's like we just go to the movies. But you realize that's like three weeks after the movie opens. Yeah, so we're gonna have to be really careful about spoilers. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, we've been we've been telling each other that like I'll, don't listen. By Christmas Day, I'll have seen it like four times. Oh, fun! Yeah. Really? And well, your kids? Yeah, I gotta go. Well, no, I go w- once with my dudes, and then I go with Rebecca and my uh-huh. wife, and then we'll take the kids. They're old enough now. We and then you'll them. just go by yourself. Yeah. Well, then we'll go probably with whoever, whatever family we're with. Uh-huh. We usually at go Christmas. at Christmas time. Oh, that's nice. So that's I want nice. for Christmas I want a um they have Star a Wars. A laser saver? No, a, a, 
You are not a Star Wars fan if you just called it a laser saber. What? I'm gonna have to. T- I'm gonna have to talk to your boys. They need to educate. Okay, they need what to educate. is it? What is it? Tell it's me. a lightsaber. A lightsaber. Lightsaber, not a laser saber. That's the generic <laughs> off-brand that, that like Kmart tries to sell or something like, like that. You're like my brother. You're like my brother. <laughs> laser me down. saber. <laughs> I'm not putting you. I'm not putting you down. You just try to talk about Star Wars and then called it a laser saber. Okay, I can't. Okay, I can't okay. let that go. I'm gonna have to talk. Okay, I'm gonna have to talk to your boys. That's all. That is unacceptable. <laughs> Laser saber. All right. I guess okay. We, let's talk. Let's talk about sex because I'm, I'm feeling insecurely attached to you now, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. we're going to talk about attachment yeah. and sexual problems. Okay. And I kind of harp on this because what I really think our podcast can do for people mm. is it can help them with like a cohesive framework for how to think about their problems. Yeah. I mean, it's fun, and we love doing you know. 10 orgasmic ways to increase, you know, increase your orgasmic power or whatever, you know, six ways to that and seven ways to Sunday. But I mean, it's, that's fun. And those are fun to listen to. And sometimes you get ideas about that, but true change in a sexual relationship takes a strategy. And, and we think that, or I think that attachment theory is the deepest, most scientifically researched theory about how people relate to each other, how they get attached and and sex is attachment. I mean, it's physical attachment. Right. It's it's the tactile and physical embodiment of what we're of talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you can clearly see somebody that's more anxious, um, or somebody that's more avoidant, somebody that pursues more, somebody that withdraws more. Right. Clearly, in the sexual relationship. Right. So there's this continuum, right? And in the center of the continuum are people who come out of childhood securely attached. So they have a sense of flexibility and ease in the world and that they belong. And, I mean, it's a sweet spot to be. And usually those people marry other people who are securely attached. And, frankly, they have a better shot at happiness. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just do. And it's not fair if you come from a family where you come out of it insecurely attached. But the reality is, is people who are securely attached have a better shot at happiness. And... The good news is, no matter where you came from in childhood, you can develop secure attachment. Right. But you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, can, give us the, for people that are just listening, that haven't listened to our others on attachment theory, give okay. us just a snapshot of what we're talking about when we're talking about attachment and what that means, what that looks like for people. Okay, so attachment is our ease or anxiety about connection with another. Right. So in, in true attachment, in secure attachment, we feel comfortable with closeness, and we also feel comfortable with separateness. This is where it, it goes awry in terms of, I think, the theories out there and, and the different prevalence of theories saying, like, oh, if you're too close, you can't have great sex. Actually, true attachment allows for breathing space. That's for both. And honors the differences of their partner respects their desire for different pursuits. Mm. It's it's flexible. And and I I just want to read something. I got this from the blog of Susan Whitbourne in Psychology Today. She's a great author. And she talks about attachment in this blog. And um, she's quoting something from a study. And I'm so sorry, I did not get that study. But basically, a securely attached person says, I find it relatively easy to get close to others. And I'm comfortable depending on them and having them depend on me. I don't worry about being abandoned 
or about somebody getting too close to me. So I'm not worried about somebody leaving me. I'm not worried about somebody smothering me. That's mm. somebody who feels quite securely attached mm. in the world from their childhood and how they feel about most relationships. Yeah, this person has really well-defined boundaries. They know when somebody crosses them. They know when some. They know how to let people inside them. They're not too rigid, but they're not also they're not also completely di- di- what would say diffuse or allowed to walk all over their boundaries. For instance, right. What he said. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. That was well said. Mm-hmm. So then there's insecure attachment. Okay. So this there's two ends of this continuum. I like to call them the pursuer, the distancer, or the anxiously attached person, or the avoidantly attached person. Anxiously attached is a little bit of a misnomer because it makes you think that that person's nervous or anxious. And that's not necessarily true. But anxiously attached is that they they do feel anxious about the attachment. And the other side distances. They back up. Mm-hmm. They more easily feel smothered. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read those descriptors. And I want you as the listener, as our foreplay listener, Try to figure out where you're at. We also have a quiz on awakenloveandsex.com. That's one way to reach my website. And there's a quiz. It's the Love and Sex Quiz. And this also helps define you whether you are an emotional pursuer or an emotional distancer and a sexual pursuer and a sexual distancer. And it, it gives you your style when you take that quiz. We, we don't retain those results. So feel free to use this. If you put your real email and you do go to on my email list but you know go ahead and take that and that kind of gives you which style you are and which what are your challenges but let me read this as well for our other listeners who are not easily accessing that quiz so this person says i am somewhat uncomfortable being close to others i find it difficult to trust them completely difficult to allow myself to depend on them I am nervous when someone gets too close, and often others want me to be more intimate than I feel comfortable being. So that is the... Avoidant. Avoidant. Ding, ding, ding. The withdrawer. That's the withdrawer, the distancer. Distancer. The other one says, this is another insecure position, insecurely attached. I find that others are reluctant to get as close as I would like to. I often worry that my partner doesn't really love me or won't want to stay with me. I want to get very close to my partner, and sometimes it scares people away. So that is anxious, anxiously attached. Or That's the pursuer. The pursuer. Yeah. And and you might think about this both sexually and emotionally, because we can be in reverse positions in the insecurely attached place, right? We might yeah. be really anxious that we're not going to get enough sex, but when it comes to talking feelings, eh. You know, my partner wants to do that. That feels too invasive. I don't want to reveal the contents of my mind. Mm -hmm. And so we back away. We come forward and we back away in two different ways. Yeah, I think the anxiously attached partner or the pursuer, they're going to find themselves initiating a lot, right? Uh They're going to feel probably the burden for their relationship. They're going to feel like if if anybody's going to talk about what's wrong in the relationship, they're going to have to bring it up. Um, or they may have to be, they may be the ones that have to initiate date night or it's not going to happen. Like those, those type of things, they're going to be in that kind of position a lot or find themselves in that kind of position a lot. While the avoidantly attached, 
um, individual is going to feel like they are like they have uh, that their requirement is always extra. It's always too much. Mm-hmm. Um, that their that their partner is always asking them for their feelings that they just don't have, or they just they they struggle with how to express enough to their partner their love and their care, and always feeling like it's just getting thrown into a black hole. For instance, right? The avoidantly attached person says, "No matter what I do for you, it's not enough." It's not enough. Yeah. And the anxiously attached person says, damn straight. You don't do anything. No, <laughs> you don't do you, anything. You don't ever show me. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that avoidantly attached people minimize mm-hmm. problems. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they don't like to look at that because they're often conflict avoidant. It's too overwhelming, yeah. It's too overwhelming. They get, right? overwhel- they get overwhelmed really quickly with any kind of intense emotion. Right. It's it's just too much. And there and a lot of times the anxiously attached partner is expressing a lot of emotion or what feels like a lot of emotion and the avoidantly attached is feels overwhelmed by that and feels like they can never get safe, they can't ever escape from it. Yeah, exactly. So we want to show you how this plays out in the sexual relationship because I think I think the secret to really deeply changing your sexual relationship and and making it be secure in that area is learning, okay, which one am I? Mm-hmm. What's my stumbling block? What do I do that adds to this dynamic? Because it's a dynamic. It's, it isn't one person at fault. It's two people participating in a way that keeps a bad cycle going. You know, And if you can see that, and if you can see how you participate, and if you can start to know... This is what I should have done, what I could have done to break up that dynamic, to create more security and safety between the two of you. Then basically, sex gets freed up. Mm-hmm. You know, sex is often caught in this struggle. Yeah. And so we want sex to be free so people can be participating in it in a way that is less inhibited and less torn up by the power struggle. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a break. This is Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with. Your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Give us a sec. We'll be right back. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist, Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible it is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. 
situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. We're back. Yep. During the break, I jumped on Amazon, found me a laser saver for Halloween. <laughs> cheaper than I thought. No costume, Adam. No, no hot devil costume. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, be de- I'll be dressing up as Fubaka <laughs> for Halloween. Characters from Light Wars. Okay. We're talking about anxiously attached, avoidantly attached, and securely attached individuals, yeah, right? A, how they look and what they look like in a, in a couple relationship. Right. Could you talk a little bit about like, what does a securely attached couple look like and maybe how, how why is that so much smoother for them? I think that for a securely attached couple, often they are, they like we've been talking about, they're okay with separateness and togetherness, right? Mm-hmm. So they're allowed to go and right. do their thing. They have independent hobbies of, from each other, um, and they're not threatened by those things, right? Right. I think they often ask for permission to go do those things, but without they it being... They negotiate it. They negotiate it, and so they don't they don't demand that time, but they mm-hmm. request it, right? And they're okay, they're okay giving it. So they're okay with allowing their partner to go and do and have their time and have their space, but they also, on the flip side of that, they also create space for each other and time for each other, mm-hmm. right? What I would describe is there is less of a threat in secure relationships, right? There's right. not the, when things go poorly or things go badly, there's not as much of a threat to the relationship, right? And so there's a, there's a high level of, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a team. And so even in a team, um, situation you're allowed to you have you have a role to play and you you get to go and do you get to go in prayer prayer i think securely attached couples also take responsibility each partner takes responsibility for their piece of what is going on in the mm-hmm. relationship yeah. right and, and so if i'm in a securely attached relationship my job is to take care of my end it's not to control or try to change my partner and let's face it we all try to control in different ways mm-hmm. we're all trying so oftentimes we try to make moves to get a specific response um, from our, sure. our partner, mm-hmm. right? We're so, manipulating. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's manipulation, but a lot of times we don't even know that we're doing. It. It's not because we're controlling people; it's unconscious. Trying to get our needs yeah. met. and so I think for with sex, when you then talk about sex, sex in securely attached couples, um, there is again that kind of give and take. There are there is a sex is non-threatening to the relationship, mm-hmm. and it's it it is we create intentional space and time to be able to do it. And we're able to ask for what we need. And I think securely attached people are able to ask for what they need and they're not embarrassed or shamed, uh, oh, ashamed yeah. of it. Yeah. Right. And so we can ask for what we need. Um, we can talk about it, right. We can talk about our insecurities and our fears. We're able to be vulnerable mm-hmm. about sex and around sex because sex is essentially a vulnerable act, right? It is, it, it is one of the most vulnerable acts that we that we engage in. So we're able right. to acknowledge our own vulnerability in that and where we need to 
offer that up to our partner. And we're also able to hear from our partner and make that a safe space for them to be able to offer their own vulnerable and positions up to us. So I think right. that plays that plays out in sex. And I think that make that honestly then allows you to work through all the things that you need. So you're able to say, I want more. I want more from you. Or I want more time with you. I want more sex. I want you to have sex more often is, I guess, is a better way to say that. Like being able to ask for what we need makes it hotter, makes it makes it more passionate, makes it more cool. It does. Right. Absolutely. I don't know if any of that made sense. I was just kind of no, I, I like what you were saying. I, I think you're talking about a flexible situation. Like, you know, when, when people are securely attached and it doesn't go well, mm-hmm. They think, you know, there's another night. Yes. You know, there's yeah. another day coming. Yes. It, it, it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, it's like they know that they can adjust and shift and that their partner's there for them. Or yeah. if something goes technically wrong, one partner doesn't have an orgasm. It's, it's like, okay. I'll catch you the next time. Or, yeah. you know, or their partner doesn't want an orgasm. It's like, but I want to be with you. And it's like, oh, I love that. It was so close and it was yeah. so warm. And th- there's not this, like, just angst right that we see with couples about Mm -hmm. their sexual life it's it's really i mean it's really relaxed secure individuals in a relationship don't think take things personally they don't make everything about themselves they honor the individualness of the other person yes right and so so they see them as separate yes they see them as separate and that is one of the keys to be able to then then get to move through it when things go wrong, or like when there's a lull in 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 sex after babies, after after menopause, after um, saying a bunch of female things, after um, <laughs> male stuff, after work when when there's high level stress. of work stress, mm-hmm. um, anything that kind of disrupts regular sexual activity, you're able to get through it faster, and it doesn't. It's not a again, it's not a threat to the relationship, mm-hmm. right? If you go a period of time that's unusual for you between. Um, sexual encounters, you don't automatically begin to freak out and question what is going on, with what's wrong with the relationship. I, I think there's something in a secure relationship, we call it a couple mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, that people have a sense of what their partner needs and that mm-hmm. they hold that in their head. Mm-hmm. You know, so that when they're making decisions, when it's, when it's a rough time, okay, maybe it's after uh, a baby is born. But, you know, both partners go, you know what, this is a way that we reaffirm our love for each other. Sex is important to us, and we know it's a little tough right now. You know, no sleep, postpartum body. You know, but I, I trust. I deeply trust that my partner knows how important this is to me. So it's okay. It's right. okay for this lull. It's like they don't panic inside. Yeah, of panic. oh my gosh, you know, yeah. is it ever going to happen again? There's, there's not that sense of anxiety about my needs won't be met yeah and then and then two that when in a secure couple when a complaint is voiced right it's safe for complaints to be voiced it is right for right. me to say i really don't think that you're considering my needs here can we talk about that like there there's not a there's not that panic that then leads to my attack partner's gonna or leave defense. me yeah you know they, they're unhappy with me and, and that does instill panic in an insecurely attached person. Yeah. So you can begin. Side. So you can begin to walk through that and improve and make improvements to the relationship. Right. You can begin to negotiate how it can look different in the future. But most of us are sort of on one side of the continuum or the other. Yeah. Even if we're functional and mm. we're pretty secure with each other, we still kind of tend to be a little more avoidant or a little more anxiously attached. So we're mm. a little more distancing or we're a little more pursuing. Yes. And then, you know, people who come from childhoods 
where they really don't feel secure attachment, that they, that they were listened to, respected, and heard, and that their needs were met, they are further out on the continuum. Yeah. You know, so so their behaviors get more exaggerated. Yes. And this, like the power yeah. struggle is, yeah, it's more stressful. So, so what over, would that look like? Okay, what would good. an avoidantly, is someone who's avoidantly uh, attached and anxious, married attached. to or partnered yeah. with an anxiously attached person? Well, before you get into that, there's just real quick. Okay. Do you find, like I do, that that tends to be how people couple up? That yes. the, the anxiously attached tends to seek out the avoidantly attached for some reason. I don't know. I don't know if I could put point at what it is, but that seems to be that they come together. Right. I, I mean, it does seem like there's kind of an equal opposite reaction. Like avoidantly attached people tend to be married to anxiously attached people. I think there's. I, I will say one thing. The research doesn't bear that out. Okay. I, it really doesn't, and there's new research on this that the way people cup up is not as what we see in our room. Maybe we see that in our room because mm-hmm. this is the more stressful couple uh, is when I they see. are kind of balanced in terms of how anxious they feel or how avoidant they act. Yeah. They have more problems. So that, I, I that's, to, that's not a make sense. I'm sorry. Go ahead yeah, with the example yeah. of what, I what that couple looks like. I want to talk to people about how that looks in the sex life. So, you know, the anxiously attached person and it, this can be male or female. We do talk gendered sometimes here, but truly, we have lots of female patients who come to see us who are the sexual pursuer. And, and you know, they can be really frantic about it. It's like, this is the way I connect. This is the way I feel safe. And you're not, you don't give it to me enough. No. It's either you don't give it to me enough, you don't give it to me the way I want it. And there, there grows over time this, like, frantic feel about it. And maybe I'm thinking of a couple, you know, one man who... You know, all the women he knew didn't need foreplay. So mm-hmm. he, he grew up in his encounters. They don't need so much. So for him, it's just like, you know, let's get to it, get over it, get done with it. Even though his partner is this frantically, anxiously apart, attached woman, mm-hmm. he's pretty avoidant. He doesn't really listen to her. He hears the criticism, and in order to avoid one more conflict with her about her, about it, about the sex, he just shuts it down. You know, doesn't want to talk about it or says, okay, you know, I'll do better next time. Or I'm just not that interested. Over time, you know, he just wouldn't give to her. He'd say, you know, I don't want to have sex with you because you're always nagging, always complaining. He actually had plenty of drive. Hmm. You know, sexually avoidant people often have enough drive. It's the power struggle between the two of them that shuts them down. Hmm. And anxiously attached people, one of the troubles that they have is enjoying an individual encounter. So they compare and contrast it. It wasn't as good as it could have been. It wasn't as good as last time. We should be doing it better. They get nervous if it was good enough or not. They get nervous if it was good enough for themselves or if it was good enough for their partner. So the growth challenge really is to enjoy it. I Real quick story, you know, I used to like like best friends, you know, and every girlfriend I had, I wanted her to be my best friend. Well, now I have neighbors, you know. We walk together. We celebrate the holidays together. You know, in terms of intensity, it's like a five. But I've learned that there's so much benefit in that. Yeah. You know, enjoying people at different levels of intensity makes a fuller life. Mm-hmm. And the same sort of thing with enjoying sexual encounters at different levels of intensity. Sometimes it's stress release. Sometimes it's lovemaking. Sometimes it's you know, deep passion. But I think as an anxiously attached person, learning to 
be in the moment and that moment be okay with kind of knowing that being relaxed about that actually encourages the next moment. And mm. avoidantly attached people, their task in life is to learn to initiate. Mm. You know, how do I keep in my couple's mind, keep in the forefront of my mind that this is how my partner feels loved? Mm. You know, so avoidantly attached people, they can go through their day and it's like, ah, oh, I didn't think about sex once. It's like, really? When we, when you're spending all this money in therapy and we've been together for six months, you're telling me it didn't even occur to you that that's how your partner feels love? Mm. It's like they, they let it go. Mm. And they need to keep it in the forefront of their mind. Okay, we have so, so much to talk about this. So much, but just to, just to cap it. Please. We think that anxiously attached, avoidantly attached can move toward a secure attachment. Yes, we right? do. Like it is not is not a fixed position locked forever that that that's how life is going to be. Right, and and the steps to that are first self awareness. Which side are you on? Go take awakenloveandsex.com that quiz. Figure out which side you're on. Figure out what your challenges are and start to instead of blaming your partner, they always do this. Start to say what is my next step? You know, do I need to reduce anger and reduce criticism, or do I need to initiate and nurture? Okay, thanks for listening for Play Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.